In a moment or two, uh, Julian is going to come and uh, just uh, preach for us, share the word with us, and help us reflect on it. But before that happens, I'm going to invite Claire to come, and we're going to read uh, the scripture together. It's Psalm 143. I wonder if you can put that up for me, and then I'll push it through. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one living is righteous before you. The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in the darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, Lord, my spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I will be like those who go down to the pit. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. In your unfailing love, silence my enemies. Destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. Hello everyone, good to see you, good to be together. We're a couple of weeks into our series that we've called Tune In to God and we're beginning to explore ways in which we recognize God's voice and what we can do to tune in to that voice because God's a God who wants to communicate with us. He's not distant and removed, and communication is at the heart of that relationship. And today we're going to be focusing on how we tune in to God's active word, the Bible. If we did a little survey amongst us and asked the question, what do you think is the most way, the primary way which God speaks to us, then probably we'd come up with the answer, well, this is the Bible, it's God's word. God is a God who speaks. And last week we heard about how God speaks through creation. Remember that one of the two Psalms that we looked at, uh, Psalm 19, says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Their voice goes into all the earth. And you'd think if people saw the majesty of a sunset 
Oh, the magnificence of a night sky littered with millions of stars that people would actually believe in the God that created it all. But the majority of people don't because the majority of us aren't listening. But just because the majority of us aren't listening, that doesn't mean that God isn't speaking. And as Christians, we believe most importantly that it is the the God who longs to have a relationship with us speaks through the Bible. As uh, an author called Tim Chester says, with the Bible, we all have access to God. One of the ways that Jesus communicated was with or through story, wasn't it? And once he told a story about two builders, uh, a wise and a foolish builder. The wise man built his house, and by this Jesus meant his life, on a rock, a firm foundation that withstood the storms that came. But the foolish man decided he was going to build his house on the sand, and when the storms came, the winds blew, the whole lot came crashing down. And the point that Jesus was trying to make is that the solid foundation, the rock, are his words. And if we want to be safe in the storms of life, then we must not only hear the words, but actually do something about them and apply them to our lives. If we're going to survive and flourish when the storms of life come, we have to build our lives on something with a solid foundation. And we have, thankfully, the Bible to build our lives upon. Someone who knew all about the storms of life was King David. And we've just read Psalm 143, and if you want to refer to that in your Bible, then that would be helpful. Some of the storms that he faced were definitely of his own making. But he had some really, really tough times. His son Solomon rebelled against him. He was constantly hunted by King Saul, which who King David was going to replace and succeed him as king over Israel. He lost his closest friend, Jonathan, in battle. And at times, his life hung by a thread. And in reading Psalm 143 that Claire's read to us now, we get an insight into David's world. He's experiencing a time of crisis. We're not quite sure what this psalm specifically refers to. But it was probably another occasion when he was being hunted for his life. What I want us to do is to see what David does. And what we should do when we're in the middle of a stressful situation. And how listening to God through his word helps us. So listen to the despair of David that he's experienced in verse 4. The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground, so my spirit grows faint within me. My heart is dismayed. And what is David's response to this desperate situation he is facing within and from outside 
pressure and sources. He remembers. He remembers. In verse 5, I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. And in verse 8, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. There's that word, consider, again. If you remember back to last week when Neil spoke about creation, we looked at that word, consider. And in Psalm 8, it says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your hands, David is bringing back to mind and considering God's faithfulness and God's word. The word that reminds him of the faithful love of God. And one of the best things that we can do when we are going through the mill is to remember. Remember God's unfailing love and his promises of faithfulness and of grace and mercy. And when we are in the middle of a desperate situation, we will find the strength if we remember. Remember what God has done. Remember the word of God that speaks each morning of his unfailing love. Had a better time in David's life in the book of Chronicles. He encourages the nation of Israel to remember all that God has done in the past. Remember the wonder he has done, his miracles and the judgments that he pronounced. He remembers his covenant forever, so God remembers. The promise he has made for a thousand generations. Every year at Passover, the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, would remember. They remembered the Exodus, how God led them from slavery into freedom. Why would God want people to remember? Because it reminded them and it reminds us about God's faithfulness and goodness in the past that we may be encouraged in the present. There may be mornings when we just don't want to face what the day may bring. But we recall, by recalling the faithfulness and the love of God each morning, it helps us. God has been faithful. He is faithful. And he will be faithful. Like the hymn says, Great is your faithfulness, O God my Father. Morning... By morning, new mercies I see. But how can we recall and remember what we don't know that God has said in the first place? We are missing out on so much. And we may unnecessarily be striving and lacking the peace that we long for all because we can't bring to mind the word of God that, who wants to encourage us and each other with. Simply reading the Bible will help you. 
Sure, there are days when you pick up your Bible and you read it and you close it and you think, okay, what's next? But I believe even that God can use. So don't despair when Bible reading seems dry and hard work. Persevere and you will reap the benefit. But just think, what would happen if we intentionally not just read, but considered, meditate, thought upon what it says, maybe memorize some passages, so that when hard times come, we recall the promises of God for, or a specific word that God has spoken to us. God wants to encourage us by remembering the past and recalling his word, which gives us confidence to go through life. And there are loads and loads of resources out there to help you to do this. The question is, will we use them? So, have a plan. Set aside a few moments each day to read the Bible and ask God to speak to you as you read and reflect and consider and you will see that tuning into the active word of God helps you for every situation you face and guides you along the daily paths of our life. David says in verse 8, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Jesus is the good shepherd who wants to guide us and have a personal relationship with us. In John chapter 10, he said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Did you notice what Jesus said there? My sheep listen to my voice. They won't follow the voice of a stranger, he goes on to say in verse 4 and 5 of John chapter 10. He says, when he's brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from a stranger because they don't recognize the stranger's voice. There are so many other voices out there that it is so important that we discern the voice of the shepherd and tune into his voice so that we know the way to go and we know the way to live our lives well. We listen well so that we can live well. Our world is a constant noise. It is the leading cause of deafness. Noise. And according to one survey, Manchester is the sixth noisiest city in Europe. And all this noise and distraction in our modern world, we have to cultivate time to be with God and to listen to his voice. And the other voices that we expose ourselves to are like the stranger luring away the sheep. But if we're listening to the voice of the shepherd, 
we will not go astray. One of the loudest voices are our smartphones. Do you know that on average, we check our smartphones about 81,500 times a year? That is, about once every 4.3 minutes. The pastor and author Tim Keller was once asked, why do you think that young Christian adults, I think it's anybody really, struggle most deeply with a God as as a personal reality in their lives? And he replied, noise and distraction. It's so much easier to tweet than to pray. The promise of Jesus was that God speaks to his people because we are his friends and he loves us. And it should be our desire to increasingly grow, to hear and recognize the voice of the shepherd. The Hebrew word for hear is shema. It means to perceive, to understand and to listen to. God wants to speak to us through the Bible. The question is, are we, do we want to hear? Are we prepared to listen? Are we ready to respond if we hear his voice? The Bible says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Maybe today is the day where you actually hear God for the first time and you can respond to the voice of the good shepherd who says, I love you, I know you, and I want you to follow me. It is time to audit the other voices that are in our lives and intentionally put ourselves in a place where we hear the good shepherd to try and create good practices and habits in our lives to help us to be good hearers, but also, more importantly, doers of the word. The Bible is like a manual for life, and it works. And this is why God wants us to actively tune into the word, not just individually, but corporately as a church body. As our vision and value statement says, We are a growing community of disciples who are alert, in other words, listening to God's leading, paying careful attention, in other words, listening to one another, and the moment we are in, so that we can be good news to those around us. We need to listen well so we can live well as a church, the body of Christ, together listening to God and one another in the moment we are in. In verse 10 of our psalm, David says, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. The words of an old hymn says, On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Which takes us back to where we started about Jesus' words, about the wise and the foolish builders. The difference was their foundation. The builder whose life was stood firm, where the storms came, was built on level ground. 
built on the wisdom of God's word applied to daily life. In this fantastic book, a guy called Brett McCracken, a book called The Wisdom Pyramid, says this. The right foundation doesn't make everything else above it irrelevant. It makes everything else above it structurally sound. By contrast, the wrong foundation leads to destruction and grief. And this is our problem today. We have made things like social media and the internet our base. But this is a recipe for disaster. A life built on the right foundation, however, is well-proportioned, sturdy, and able to withstand the rain, winds, and erosion of life. It is a life marked by wisdom. And when life throws all that it does at us, we need to be upon level ground. And we need the wisdom to negotiate our way through the storms of life. And if our lives are built on the solid foundation of God's word, we will be able to withstand anything life throws at us. I don't know about you, but I'd like to be like the person in Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law, the word of the Lord, and meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prospers. I want to be planted by that tree, planted by the water, be that tree, planted by the water, to drink deeply of God's word, to nourish and to bear fruit, to drink deeply of the water of the living word of God's presence, to bear fruit and to prosper, that is, to bring to maturity in everything, to be shaped by God's word and God's love. What would the church look like? What would our own lives look like today if we delighted in God's word each day and built our lives on the foundation that will not be shaken and followed the voice of the good shepherd who gave his life for us? I'm going to close with another quote from Brett McCracken's book. And I think this is brilliant. When we draw upon the God-given sources of truth, we become like a robust tree planted near water with green leaves and vibrant fruit, even when drought comes. Our roots deepen securely into the ground, drawing life from vibrant streams, and our branches keep growing upwards, like hands lifted in praise to their creator. And when the winds come, as they inevitably will, sometimes with furious force, these branches won't break off. They'll simply sway 
as if clapping or dancing with joy. Turning every storm into an opportunity to sing. <laughs> 